the ones that are strong encourage the ones that are weak. Yeah. And then the ones that are weak have hope. They see that these these kids are doing well and they might have risen above something. And so it's this mutual benefit. And I, I've never wanted to be a school that's just for one population or another. I want them together because I think community, that's what community is. All different kinds of people with all different needs coming together and helping each other. Welcome to the Homebrew School Builders Club, where we delve into the minds of school founders and leaders, exploring their unique journeys and innovative approaches. So Compass Prep has been serving the Cherokee County area since 2005, under the leadership first of Laura George, and now with the support and day-to-day management of Denise. And it's a very interesting school because it's a fully accredited, non-traditional education center. Laura started as really a pioneer and advocate from the first homeschoolers, and that, that culture and that knowledge and experience has been embedded into the center now, now run by Denise. And this is just a casual conversation to learn from each other, learn about all the wonderful things being done at Compass Prep, and, and yeah, just share some best practices to, to improve schools. And hopefully the audience also will learn how to start a small micro school. I know that you guys are potentially starting or thinking of helping others start new schools in Georgia. And that's the objective of the conversation. So Denise, how, t- tell me a little bit about your background, your, how you started with Laura. Have you guys known each other for a long time? Is it a, a newer collaboration? What's the no. So um, I was working at a Christian school that closed down at the end of the year. And um, I, a couple of the students' parents were like, hey, we need a smaller setting. And so I started my own little pod school, per se. Um, It was out of my house. I had six students max, and I started to grow bigger. Um, So I reached out um, finding, number one, accreditation, because we um, had some high schoolers that were going to go towards um, a four-year degree uh, at a university. So I needed something accredited. Um, So How I came to be at Compass was I took one little course. I was teaching a physical science course, and then I started teaching the second course. And then three years later, here I am, uh, just kind of doing the day-to-day operations with uh, Laura George as like the visionary of the group. And then we kind of worked together to uh, make some of those visions happen. So I started with Compass just teaching two courses and bringing my students that I started on my own. And here I am. That's great, Denise. Thank you so much. So, Laura, would you also maybe like to share a bit about your background and starting, maybe even before you started the school, Mm -hmm. homeschooling, Mm -hmm. and then how you decided to start the school? Well, I'll go back a little further into ancient times. When Mm -hmm. I was a kid, I was dyslexic and ADD before they had names for those things. (laughs) So I went through school basically just feeling stupid, just feeling like I wasn't like the rest of the kids. I couldn't keep up. And um, yet I kind of uh, faked my way through in a a way of just um, being resourceful and creative. And that sort of wowed the teachers so that they passed me. But I, I hated the way I felt in school and I 
really wanted to um, not have my own children go through that, but also I wanted to help other children be able to function in a way that they knew they were successful, they knew they were smart, whether or not they kept up with this packaged curriculum that everybody else was doing. We have 11 children and my oldest five. Thank you. It's wonderful. Uh, My oldest was five and I was trying to do kindergarten with her and it it was not working well. I quit in January. So I I was just like that. I can't do this. So the next fall is when the school started. I put her in, put the next one in my, my firstborn son. And then, um, Realized pretty quickly that our family's needs weren't being met, and we also couldn't afford to pay the tuition for all of these children we were having. And and so I was kind of forced into another alternative, which was homeschooling. And I and I had always said I would never homeschool, and um, and so we we launched that. I'd struggled through for twenty years my homeschooling journey. But in that 20 years, I was able to do a lot of reading, a lot of research. It was just a part of our life. It wasn't like this section over here was school and this section was life. It was just all mingled together. And it worked. And I I thought, wow, I, I didn't actually ruin all my children. This is wonderful. And so I decided to take that model and began developing that more and more. It was very tailored to each one of my children. And I knew this could work for anybody. And so that's when in 2005, I had a small group of families that joined with me and we launched Compass Prep. And it's been the most amazing journey with with some bumps in the road, obviously, of, of working all the kinks out. But now almost two decades in, I am just a thousand percent confident there's been so many great stories of success, kids coming to us that were so deflated and discouraged, uh, and and we basically scraped them up off the floor and pumped pumped some encouragement back into them. And then also kids um, that have come to us that are really bright, like super achievers, they want to go quicker than they're allowed to go in these traditional programs. And uh, we've seen that happen. We see kids now on a regular basis that are graduating from high school with with either an associate's or almost an associate's degree from the dual enrollment program. That's amazing. And it's free. <laughs> and it's they're getting their feet wet in the college setting before they actually have to leave home and learn it all at one time. And so it's just, it's it's like a no-brainer. You know, we we uh, have the best of both worlds. There is so much flexibility in the way we do things. And even though there's a, there is a standard, we don't have the kids come to school and say, oh, what are we going to do today? Uh, there's a plan. There's a process. But within that process, there is that individualization that is so beautiful for each student. There's so much inherent positivity and encouragement that we are able to pour into these kids. And, um, and I, I just have to praise Denise at this point. I feel like she's, she is, um, channeling my soul when she's there. I'm not 
physically on campus in the trenches anymore. Um, I'm taking care of my husband who has dementia now, but um, sure, she is just, it, it's like she's a better version of me because she has my heart and she can get the job done. She's not as distractible and as like goofy as I am. Anyway, she she is just carrying that vision on. I'm so grateful. Um, and now I'm after I've seen what she's done in the last two and a half years being director on site, um, I'm more and more confident that we can do this in lots of other places. That That's we great. have to find the right people, but we can we can do this in other places all over the state of Georgia. And I'm really excited about that. Me too, and we get to that because that's that's super interesting. Before we go there, uh, I'm fascinated by finding a school like yours where I'm seeing a lot of the principles that you are referring to elsewhere as well, where it's very flexible, personalized. Mm -hmm. Students are rediscovering their interests, finding their own path, and ending up much further ahead than what they would in a traditional school setting. But what's really interesting with, with Compass Prep is that you've been doing this for two decades. As you said, you've ironed out all, all the kinks. And I'm really interested to understand how, how that works. If we go a bit deeper, say that um, I have two, two students coming to you. How would you make their plans? What, what's the process? How do you build their curriculum? What do you do with them? So there's two different tracks with Compass. We have a directed studies program that allows the parents to be the teacher and we help them with curriculum planning implementation we have um we help them with dual enrollment georgia futures and really just kind of make their end game their now game so where do they want to be um and we do that with the academy as well we'll say well what's your end game what do you want to do um and we have we have students that say well i want to go automotive i want to be welding and then we have students that say you know what i just want to I just want to go find what I want to do, um, and I'm not sure yet. And then we have, I'm going to four-year college. Perfect. So we want to prepare them for anything that they're ready for. I had a student graduate last year, and she's like, I'm not sure, not sure where I want to go yet. Can I have another year with you? And she's now my assistant, one of my assistants in elementary. And I applaud the students that can say, I'm not sure yet what I want to do, but I know I want to do something. Um, so that's why we offer many different opportunities for them to learn different things. So hopefully it sparks an interest in them. Um, right. I've had students that came to me and said, well, I'm going to go into automotive. We work with them on dual enrollment. We have a great relationship with our technical college. And I think that that is one of the first steps is getting in with a technical college and taking them on site, showing them the different opportunities that they have there and really get them excited about it. Um, and for my four-year students that want to go on to university, getting them excited about that, bringing those advisors onto campus to talk about what college life is like. Uh, we've had Tacoa Falls come. So, and we've also had KSU. We've also had Mercer. So we try to get them a broad range of universities, not just, you know, your big, big colleges. We want to get those Christian colleges as well to show what that small college life would be like. 
Um, so we sit down with the parent and um, the student and we ask them questions. My most important thing is if a student doesn't feel safe, then they can't learn. So there is a hierarchy. That hierarchy of learning has to be met before learning can take place. So the first thing is, is building that relationship, building that rapport with that student so that they feel confident enough. It's not always about the grades. It's about how they feel. So helping them with a curve or helping them with a calculator, helping them just sitting down with them and showing them that they can do this builds so much more than any textbook can teach them. I totally agree. I see that a lot. And sometimes when you see students progressing very fast when they come to you, it's probably because you were able to unblock something emotional in them. And, you know, they had the ability to learn, but it was blocked. And once you help them feel safe, then they're able to, to move faster because their cognitive abilities were already more advanced, but they were blocked by their you know, emotional uh, constraints. Correct. And that hierarchy has to be met. There are students that come and they have been through trauma. They have um, some of our students have two, you know, a mom and a dad that are still together who love each other. And then we have students that are coming from a divorced family. So we want to make sure that we can make everyone feel safe. So keeping our class sizes small, keeping that like individualized attention and that rapport with them has really helped us, like you said, unblock um, with the teachers. We're constantly in communication with each other. Um, hey, I've noticed this student isn't feeling well today. And another, uh, another teacher will say, well, this happened. Oh, that makes much more sense. So the biggest thing with, with me and, and the teachers that I work with, the parents, is collaboration. Because if, if we have a student that came, that's coming to us and they have some behavioral issues, I, I tell my parents the first thing, hey, I'm not calling you to get them in trouble. I'm calling to ask how I can redirect. And that is the most important thing is finding out how to redirect the behavior that takes care of that behavior. And then we can go on with learning. So finding those ways and collaborating with parents, the teachers, other students, we can make sure that we're meeting their needs. That's absolutely what, what, what we see as well. So, so the student comes, you, you create that bond and that sense mm -hmm. of trust and safety. Um, and they have a teacher understand small classroom size. Are they going through, you know, a core curriculum uh, with the rest of the class? Are they on a very personalized track with adaptive learning software and projects and how what is the experience so what we do is we look at their transcript and we follow the georgia standards that's our accreditation so we gotta we gotta get those um core classes done um so we'll look at those and then um okay like all right you've you've done algebra one you've done geometry we're on to algebra two well i'm not ready for algebra two yet well okay so let's have you come in on Mondays and have you help. So we have Mindset Mondays that fill in the gaps, give them that very individualized attention with the smaller groups. Um, so, and then because our class sizes are small, we can differentiate our material. We have a combination of 
videos that we place online along with the worksheets that we're following along with. We use manipulatives every chance we can. And just we're not a mastery at concept. We're a mastery through repetition. So we spiral a lot of things. Everything builds on each other. We know a noun is the same as in kindergarten as it is in 12th grade. So we just build on things and put it on different levels within our class. And because we get to know our students, we're able to find out how they learn. Are they kinesthetic, auditory, visual? So we incorporate all of those different things. We also, we also work with a lot of students that may have ADHD, ADD, dyslexia, dysgraphia, all of them. So um, by learning ourselves and doing it with these students, we have created a million different ways to help students. With ADHD, I'll tell them to tap the inside of their ear if they have the ticking or they have to have something to fidget with. Well, tapping your ear doesn't affect anybody else, but you still feel it. You still hear it. Um, so we all have these tricks of the trade. And again, collaboration. We talk about it. We tell each other, you know, hey, this works for this student. This works for this student. And that's the main important thing that I think when you have a classroom size of 30, you can't really pinpoint what each student needs at that point. Exactly right. Now, you mentioned Mindset Mondays and you did so in passing, as if everyone does that. But I'm sure this is something, and I'm sure you have more such routines, which is coming from years and decades of experience. And you know, help us distill that experience. What is Mindset Mondays and why have you put that in place? Okay, so we run school Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with our core days on Tuesday and Thursday and our electives days on Wednesday. Mondays is kind of like getting over the case of the Mondays. Um, <laughs> it's getting them back into the school mindset. Um, it's helping with any type of gaps that they have. And it's in a smaller environment. So one of my teachers is our, our math and she is amazing at tutoring and math. And she sits there and she has a way of explaining it. Um, and then like language arts, we have someone that can sit there and read their paper with them. So having that individualized one-on-one -on -one attention. Also, they get to work with their peers. So it's a time where they actually can talk to their peers and their friends in not the large environment of the school day. So socially it helps because they can hey we're gonna play a game today great um hey we're gonna do our homework together this is wonderful so it allows them to peer tutor each other it allows them to learn communication skills boundaries with each mm -hmm. other i don't like when you um pushed my paper so they're learning from each other and that again brings down those barriers. If we had a student that was severely bullied in their last school, coming to Mindset Mondays, everybody needs help. Oh, okay. I need help too. So it socially allows them to ask for help without being shamed or anything. So Mindset Mondays is really just getting your mind set for the rest of the week. And it's That's on Mondays, so double M, it made sense. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. 
Now you you mentioned directed studies before. So if I understand correctly, that is that is a, a bit like a homeschool support program where you coach the parent and you then um, assign credits as you get uh, evidence of learning, something like that, right? Yeah. So um, in other states, they may call it an umbrella school. Um, here we call it directed studies. So the state of Georgia is very laxed in their homeschool laws, which has been wonderful for the homeschool families. They allow you to hire out a tutor. Um, you are still the main teacher, um, but you are able to hire a someone who, who can teach your children. And that's kind of where I started in this whole homeschool process, where Laura started it for her family. I started it for other students. Mm. Um, so directed studies, we have meetings, we talk about curriculum. Um, if they come in and say, this is this um, program isn't working for them, I will recommend other programs. And the beauty is parents have brought things to me and I've researched them. So I either have a lot of stuff in my head or I have a lot of stuff, you know, on a spreadsheet. Um, but the students um, can watch their progress. So I get a transcript prepared for them. We meet the 23 credits that Georgia yeah. requires, but um, we are flexible enough if they want to do a culinary class. We take the fluff work out of it, and we only concentrate on the absolute needs of learning something. They submit work samples to us, and that's how we yeah. um, have progress and completion of a curriculum. That's great. That's great. You're, uh, I think that's very useful and it helps structure and yeah, and guide and coach a parent's uh, yes. work with their so, children. So the other thing that we can do is I have done this with a couple of students where parents are just like, I don't know how to lesson plan. I don't know how to grade. So I've created Google Classrooms for all of their subjects. So they can still be an independent learner, but they return everything to me and I grade it. So we'll do check-ins with them. Um, so the parents can be a little more hands-off, but still they're getting their social, emotional work um, and their coursework done for graduation requirements. Um, Georgia Futures also, we I put all their grades in, so we track Hope Scholarship and Zell Miller. Um, and so that they can get all the scholarships that they have to offer. That's great. And then you also mentioned uh, dual enrollment. Uh, you mentioned, Laura, that students leave at high school. They basically have an associate degree. Mm -hmm. They basically have, I don't know how many hours of, of college credit. Is that something you've been doing for years? Is it more recent? And maybe talk a bit about how that come about, because that really struck me. And I think it's a, it's something more micro schools should be doing, like uh, linking mm -hmm. up with their local colleges and, and creating a, 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 a strong high school diploma. There's no reason why they should not have, not be able to offer a high school diploma. Oh, yes. Um, we started in, I believe it was 2009, um, doing directed studies. We, we were founded in 2005, got four or five years under our belt, and then um, became accredited through the Georgia Accrediting Commission. And that allowed us to accredit the work of students outside of our academy. And Denise is a magician when it comes to doing that. Um, we pull it all together under one um, umbrella, 
and and then the kids are able to soar and exceed any expectation that that they might have had in a lockdown traditional school. So um, dual enrollment was a part of that from the get go, and our state has been uh, really good. They've changed the laws a little bit. It used to be you could start at fourteen, and now mm-hmm. I believe you have to be sixteen. Um, I'm I'm actually physically in Florida right now. Florida has great system because they do start my grandchildren are starting college classes at 14 they're all homeschooled and and um that's wonderful if they're ready but yeah the dual enrollment program is like gold and denise is able to to detect which ones are have the aptitude to go on into the college level classes and it's amazing what they can do and that and we allow the flexibility of time and um, just so that they don't have to juggle so much with doing their college classes and our classes. We have very healthy kids who come in motivated, positive influences. And it's beautiful to see that mix because the, the ones that are strong encourage the ones that are weak. Yeah. And then the ones that are weak have hope. They see that these, these kids are doing well and they might have risen above something. And so it's this mutual benefit. And I, I've never wanted to be a school that's just for one population or another. I want them together because I think community, that's what community is. All different kinds of people with all different needs coming together and helping each other. And that's that's kind of what Compass is in summary. It is a, I kind of loosely call it a healing center disguised as a school because so many people come there and they're able to just rest and get on with with the show, you know, get on with their own plans. And and uh, like I said, Denise has, has done a wonderful job at individualizing that. So what we've started to do is thinking about, like, how can we create this for so many more opportunities? So we've started reaching out to some co-ops around the state and saying, um, we want to help you, whether it's through accreditation services um, for your high schoolers, or we want to help you kind of grow into something bigger that can help um, more of the masses. Um, so thinking about that large picture um, and piggybacking off of our accreditation, we are able to start working with families in different parts of the state and then having our core compass located in Holly Springs. Um, so I guess eventually what the goal is, is just to bring our philosophy, bringing our sense of community and wanting to help other families and other co-ops just grow and create their own micro schools. I think let's talk a bit about that because it's fascinating. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people listening are going to be in that situation. So Say you you know you have a small co-op which is a bit farther away, and you reach out to them and they respond. What what can you do to help them, and how can you help them grow and get established and get students uh, graduated, and 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 how how will your experience serve them and be passed on to them? The first thing is first is you know talking to Laura and truly understanding what this vision is of hers and going in it with the heart of helping 
and bringing students together to help each other. Um, and then saying, all right, let's get a location together. Let's start bringing um, people in, uh, teachers. Let's bring a good, I mean, let's clone me <laughs> so that we can, you know, go down or go wherever and kind of set it up so we can bring in another community of uh, collaboration, another meeting of of the minds and opening up that to students and using the accreditation, using the the resources that we have to take it to a technical college for dual enrollment, taking it to to graduation. That's great. I'd like to add something to that. Um in terms of the network, because we do things locally that are community builders. But let's say um, we're, we're about 30 miles north of Atlanta, to give you some context. Um, let's say somebody in, in Albany or Valdosta in South Georgia, in the farming areas that we have, um, wants to start up a model like ours. Um, I would like to see that all of those models, they might not all be able to come to all of our events because they're too far away, but we can give them ideas on how to do community building there. And then have, this is my dream, is to have an exchange program where kids from the coastal area of Georgia or the mountain area or the farming area or the metro areas like Atlanta and Athens and uh, some of the larger communities um, can switch can a few students can go from one to another and go and see the culture because it's Georgia is a wonderful place to do this because we have so many diverse areas yeah. it's not all kind of generally farming or industrial or whatever we have, have the mountains all. and so that my vision is to plant all of these satellites around the state form a network do an exchange program come together for teacher training, for conferences, for mutual support. Um, that's my vision for the future. And I, we're right on the verge. I've, I've just applied for a grant. If we get it, I'm able to plant two more of these straight up. And then I believe that they can help fund more. So it'll just spread um, like, like yeast. You know, it'll just spread. Yeah. Is the location aspect difficult? Because I know in some states it's easier than others. To, to secure location, is it is it um, relaxed and they can do it in their homes? Uh, do they have to be a school or is it just like homeschooling uh, families coming together and they don't need to tell anyone about that? Well, for, for our accreditation, <clears throat> they the um, reviewers come in and they look at our facility and they want to make sure it's safe and yeah. fireproof and all that. So they uh, they come in and I think that in order to be accredited, we would probably need to have a facility that is suitable. And yeah. it doesn't have to be suitable for a huge number of kids because we're, sure. we're small on purpose. But um, what we've done that's been very successful is we partner with churches. Yeah. Because um, the churches are empty on the week during the week and we're not there on the weekend. So we, we provide a beneficial supplement to their budget by the least amount that we can pay and then their building gets used and we have a we have a home and often the infrastructure is already there tables and chairs and you know the classroom space everything is already equipped 
to some degree. You know, we bring our own, obviously, but it's just a really good partnership for um, especially smaller churches that don't have much going on during the week. So that's kind of how the facilities thing has worked for us. It's a lot less expensive to partner like that than it that's is to really good. a whole building. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I, th I think you're going to have a lot of takers. I think you, if you are able to help them, you're mentioning creating Google Classrooms, uploading curriculum, having some some independent work and some work altogether. Um, then give them services like uh, how to plan events or I don't know, maybe access. Would they need to find community colleges or technical colleges in their area or or would they work with yours? I don't know if that's... So Georgia has the community technical college system um, where they're all kind of on the same page. Okay. Um, and working with the the Georgia Hope Career Grants, that's all 100% paid for with the two-year degrees or less. Um, so the community colleges are very welcoming to the students, yeah. You have a, a great thing going. And if there's anything we can do to help, we're very eager to. I think after this, we might get people asking uh, to do that. I don't know if it's going to be Georgia or somewhere else. Definitely let you know uh, if and when that happens. Thank you very much for the inspiring story. And I think, yeah, it's, I understand it's just the beginning of what's going to be a larger network of pods and micro schools all over Georgia and maybe beyond. Let's keep the homebrew ethos alive, crafting schools where curiosity leads the way. Thank you for listening and look out for our next episode.